Learning to pray will keep you closer to God. This message is the 10th in the series, Teach Us to Pray. The message is entitled, Keep Us, Part 2. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. I'm thrilled about what God is going to speak to every heart and every life. So let's get our Bibles and get our, our teaching notes. They're right there on your screen, available for you. Let's turn our attention to God's Word this weekend. You know, we've been involved in a series of messages that we're going to continue tonight. I'll wrap it up, I believe, either next weekend or the following weekend. Uh, and the series title is called Teach Us. We've been talking about the value and the importance of prayer. There was a day when one of Jesus' disciples came to him and made a request of him. He said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? We don't know how to pray the right way because we've watched you pray and you pray differently than, than everyone else prays. The Pharisees seem to pray one way and uh, those who are religious leaders and religious people seem to, to understand prayer from one perspective. But Lord, we've watched you pray and we've seen the effectiveness of your prayer. And Lord, would you teach us how to pray your way? And Jesus responded to that request with something we know to be the Lord's prayer. Let me read it for you as we've been looking at it together over these last several weeks. Matthew 6, beginning in verse number 9. This then is how you should pray. This disciple had asked Jesus, how do you pray? Teach us to pray. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our sins as we also have forgiven our debtors or those who've sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Some translations will add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want you to notice with me that last phrase there in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. There's a phrase that says, lead us not into temptation. I want to talk to us this weekend as we continue this series together about a prayer that is a vital prayer for you and I to learn how to pray, and we're referring to it as the keep us prayer. We talked a bit about this last weekend. I want to continue this theme again this weekend, to pray a prayer that says, Lord, would you keep us from, lead us not into temptation or keep us from temptation. There are a variety of places in the Bible where the keep us prayer is prayed. Another example of this is in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Notice these words given to us, a very interesting two verses of Scripture that identify one man that you never hear anything else about in the Bible except about his prayer. And notice his prayer. The man's name was Jabez. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. And notice here's the keep us prayer. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Notice that Jabez says, God, I'm asking you to do a number of things in my life. I'm praying that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. And I'm asking God that your hand would be with me. And God, I'm asking you that you would keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, pray this way, lead us not into temptation. Keep us from temptation. Jabez prayed, Lord, keep us or keep me from pain. 
The word keep is a very interesting word. It's a word that really refers to the idea of being refrained from something happening, keep me from. Or perhaps you might think of the word keep as a word that is identified with protection. And in both of these passages that I've read for you, we see this idea of being refrained from something or being kept from or protected from something. Keep us from or protect us from temptation. And as, as Jabez prayed, protect me from harm. I want to talk to us this weekend about this keep us prayer. Last weekend, we talked about being kept from certain things and being kept for certain things and being kept in certain things. And tonight, I want to share with you two, or this weekend, I want to share with you two other very important principles related to the keep us prayer. I want to talk to us about keeping us through. That word through is a very important word because it identifies a journey in your life. And one of the prayers that is very important to learn how to pray is the keep us through prayer. Because keeping or making your way through something is extremely vital and important. The Bible refers to people who make it through certain things as, as an overcomer. Some places it refers to this person as a victorious person, someone who is walking in victory. When you make it through something, you have overcome that thing. In the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3 especially, and then I'll look as well in chapter 12 in just a moment, identify the power, the importance of getting through things, overcoming things. In Revelation 2, verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, or to the one, some translations say, who overcome, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. In Revelation 2, 17, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, or to the one who overcomes, the one who makes it through, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone and a new name written with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Revelation 2, 26, to the one who is victorious, or the one who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Revelation 3, 5, the, the, the one who is victorious or the one who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Revelation 3, 12, the one who is victorious or the one who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Revelation 3, 21, to the one who is victorious, the one who overcomes, the one who makes it through, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 12, verse 11, they triumphed over him. That's the adversary. That is, they were victorious. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Have you noticed that in all these verses, there's something that is consistent. There's great blessing that comes to someone who makes it through. Someone who is victorious. Someone who overcome someone who prays their way through the challenges of life. And you and I will never learn to be an overcomer. We will never learn or experience, I should say, the overcoming victorious life without something called prayer. You have to pray your way through things. 
You have to pray your way through a variety of things. And I want to share with you, and this will be in your notes this weekend, if you'll, take, uh, if you'll take the moment to write these things down, I think it will be helpful for you. But I'm going to share with you six things that you have to pray your way through in life. And when Jesus taught us to pray, keep us or lead us not into temptation, I believe that some of these things were in mind. They're, they were included conceptually in that prayer. First of all, you and I need to pray our way through our valleys. Lord, keep me through my valleys. Have you ever gone through a valley in life? You might say, well, what is a valley? Well, a valley is, is a depressed place. A valley is a place where your vision is limited. A valley is often a place where the fog will settle into life and where fear is oftentimes felt. A valley is a, is a hard time place where you're, you're experiencing adversity and you're fear, experiencing threat and intimidation. It's a place of, of difficulty in life. And all of us go through valleys. And maybe you're going through a valley, a depressed place in your life right now. Maybe it seems as though there's a lot of fog around your life. Well, you and I need to learn in these moments of valley experiences how to pray our way through the valley. This is what David was talking about, I believe, in Psalm 23, verse number four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, how do we know that David prayed his way through the valley? Well, Psalm 23 is a prayer. It's a prayer that he's praying to God. God, I know that you're going to get me through this darkest valley. I'm going to make it to the other side. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And as some of Israel's biggest battles were fought and oftentimes won in the valleys. And I will tell you that one of the, sometimes the, the battles in your life and my life, the real strategic battles are won in the valleys, but we have to pray our way through. The second thing I want to share with you this weekend is that you and I need to pray our way through the mountaintops. Pray through the mountaintops of life. Just like a valley is a depressed place, a mountaintop is a place of victory. It's a place of success. It's a place of prosperity. It's a place of achievement. And perhaps more people forget God on the mountaintops than those who forget God in the valleys. Over the years, I've known people who've, yes, gone through valleys and certainly know people today who are going through valleys, but I've also known people that have experienced great success in their life. And unfortunately, in some, on some occasions, those very individuals who were so needy of God when they were in the valley forgot God when they made it to the mountaintop. That when they arrived to the highest places of life, the greatest experiences of life, successes of life, and prosperity in life, they somehow lost their connection with God. They didn't pray their way through the mountaintops. They prayed their way through the valleys, yes, but not through the mountaintops. Notice what Jesus says about this in Matthew 23, verse number 12. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What you and I need to do in the, in the mountaintops of life is to pray that God would help us to walk in the mountaintops with the humility we had in the valleys of, God, of life, and that we're not to forget God on the mountaintops. Thirdly, we need to pray our way through trials and temptations. Lord, keep me through my trials and keep me through my temptations. Everybody, everybody, all of us face trials in life and all of us battle the temptations, not a single one that will go through life without some trials along the way and some temptations to have to deal with. No one is exempt from them. 
And when you and I go into these seasons and these situations of trials or these times of temptation, we need to know that there's a way to get through them. There's a way to get to the other side, and prayer is what gets you through. Lord, I'm praying that you will keep me through this situation. Notice the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation. That word can also be translated trial or test. No test, trial, temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, tried, tested beyond what you can bear, but when you're tempted, tried, and tested, if you will, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, and one of those ways out is to pray your way through your trials and your temptations. How do we know this is true? Jesus made this very clear when he had his disciples with him in the Garden of Gethsemane the night that he was betrayed by, by Judas and the next day he's going to be crucified. And he took his disciples, especially three of them, deeper into the garden with them and with him. And as he knelt down to pray, he asked them to pray as well. And notice what he says to them in Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus says you're going through a season and a testing time right now of temptation and trial. It's a tough moment. You're being tested, yes, but what will get you through is watch and pray. It will move you through these times. So you and I need to pray our way through our trials and our temptations. Then the fourth thing is we need to pray our way through our life seasons. Lord, keep me through this season of my life. Whatever your season is, see, we all have different seasons. Life happens in seasons, just like as we have in this beautiful area that we live in, we have the different seasons. We just are just coming through the fall season. We'll enter into the winter season. And then obviously we look forward to the spring season and the cherry blossoms blooming. And then we'll be in the summer seasons. There's this rotation of seasons and your life has seasons as well. Not everything stays the same all the time and your seasons change. And with every season change, there are transitional points that you have to work your way through, and you have to pray your way through seasons. Seasons, some seem better than others. See, in the middle of August, when it's hot and humid, you're ready for the season to change. And then the nice, the nice fall comes, and the beautiful colors are there, and, and then all the trees fall off, the, off of the leaves, and things begin to get a little cooler, and you know that winter's coming. See, there's the seasons of life that you and I go through. A season is a time that is characterized by a particular set of circumstances or some kind of phase of life. And some seasons, again, are, are more difficult than others, but you have to pray your way through the various seasons of life, the good and the bad, the tough and the easy. Why? Because your seasons, as you process them and as you pray your way through your seasons, it builds your character. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. You can make it through whatever season you're facing if you pray your way through it. See, we're going through a season right now, are we not? We're going through what we're going to call the COVID season. We'll look back on this years from now and say, I remember 2020 because it was, the, it was the COVID season, and I didn't know how I was going to make it through. But let me tell you, during this season, don't lose hope. Don't give up whatever is happening in your life as a result of this season. Hold on and say, I know that, yes, I'm in this season right now, but I'm going to make it through. There are a variety of seasons, but you can make it through every one when you pray your way through them. Jesus is teaching us to keep us, prayer keep us through these things of life. Then number five, the fifth thing that you and I need to pray through is, Lord, keep me through the delays of life. 
Have you ever had a delay in your life? Have you ever had something that you really wanted in the moment? You've just really prayed for it. You'd hoped it would come, and it just didn't show up, at least on your timetable. It didn't happen when you wanted it to happen. And either it was postponed or put off indefinitely, and it didn't happen in the normal time or the expected time of life. And those moments of delay can be very difficult, but you and I need to learn how to pray through the times when God is asking us to wait. Because waiting is such a valuable thing in our lives. The Bible is very clear about the power of waiting. Many times in Scripture, you'll see the, 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 the different writers of the, script, of the Scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit reminding us of the importance and the power of waiting on God. Listen to Psalm 130, verse number 5. I wait, the psalmist said, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in His Word I put my hope. The only way that you'll make it through the delays of life effectively is by learning to wait on God. And part of waiting on God is to pray your way through your delays, to keep praying even when things aren't showing up on your timetable. When we don't pray our way through our delays, what happens is we start acting, we start doing, and we get ourselves into trouble. When you stop, wait, when you stop waiting on God, you start acting yourself. And when you and I start acting ourselves, doing things outside of God's timing, we always get ourselves into trouble. Abraham was a man that exemplifies this. He was to wait on the promised son that God had for him, but he got ahead of God's plan. And of course, that resulted in Ishmael and the various problems in the family associated with that. He got out of the timing of God. You and I need to keep praying in the midst of our delays. Abraham had to wait for 25 years for his son Isaac to come, but it was worth the wait when Isaac finally came because he was the promised seed. God has promises in your life, but you and I have to wait on them. And we wait patiently. We wait through the delays. We keep persistent in the process. And then number six, the sixth thing that I'll mention this weekend is that you and I need to learn our pray, to pray our way through our disappointments. A disappointment is not getting what you wanted or expected. It might come, but it's not everything you wanted it to be. It might even arrive on time, but when it does arrive and you, if you will, you, you sort of unwrap the package and you thought, oh, oh that's, that's not what I'd hoped. I'd hoped it had been this, but instead it's that. I'd hoped it had looked this way, but it looks that way. And so you find that you're disappointed in not getting what you wanted or expected. And life oftentimes deals to us disappointments, and we will never make it effectively through our disappointments without praying our way through them and remembering what God promises us in the midst of a disappointment in life. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, God gives a very powerful word to the people of Israel who were now taken away into captivity in Babylon, and they were going to be there for 70 years. And so God leads them there. They're going into captivity because of their sin, but he gives them a word to hold on to in this disappointing time in their life. Notice what he says to them and to us, to you as well. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You need to understand the context of this particular verse. The Israelites, the people of God, the people of Judah were being led into Babylonian captivity. They were leaving their homeland. They were disappointed by the fact that Nebuchadnezzar had, had, had ransacked the entire city of Jerusalem and burned the temple down, and they're leaving their homes and going into Babylon for 70 years of captivity. But they were reminded by God, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope 
and a future. He gave them something to hold on to in the midst of their disappointment. You and I, when we're disappointed in life, there's still a God who cares about us. And we need to pray our way through the disappointments of life to keep us, the keep us through prayer is a very important prayer to pray. But I want to share one more aspect to this keep us prayer tonight, this weekend. I'm going to share with us a very important, valuable prayer that is vital to every one of us. It's not only the keep us through, but the also keep us above. Above refers to being in a higher place. The opposite of above is obviously below. Now think about it from a biblical perspective. Heaven is always identified as being above, and hell is always identified with being below. So if you're going to make a choice to live in one of the, one of the two attitudes of life, I'm going to live in the above attitude or the below attitude, it seems fairly obvious that we should choose the above attitude. Because when you and I have the above attitude, we have the attitude of God. I want to live above certain things. I don't want to live below. I don't want to live in hellish thoughts and hellish ways and hellish influences and hellish controls. I want to live from a heavenly perspective. And I'm praying that I would live above certain things in my life. Let me share with you five things that you and I need to pray to live above. And these are vital to us. And I hope that you'll listen closely to the next few moments as I share these with you as we take a look at these above prayers that are vital for us. First of all, we need to pray that we will, we'll, we will live above the ways of the world. How vital this is. How important this is. You know, the world that we live, isn't, live in is an anti-God world. I think that you would agree with, agree with me that our world is in trouble right now. Would you agree with that? When you look at the news and you see all that's going on around us, I think that if you really step back for a moment and look at the world through the lens of Scripture, through the lens of God's perspective, you and I would have to agree that the ways of the world are not the ways that we really want to live. In fact, the ways of the world, when you and I follow them, we're actually following a below pattern. It is a world that is influenced by hellish influences. And the people of the world are, are not following God. And when you and I presume to follow the ways of the world, we're not following the pattern that God has in store for us. Because if you and I think and act and talk like the world, we're certainly not thinking and acting and talking as the kingdom of God would call us to. Notice Paul's words in Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says you and I must not conform. We need to be above the pattern of the world. And one of the most effective prayers that you and I can pray is, Lord, keep me above the ways of the world. I don't want to fall into those patterns. Number two, pray your way above the downward pull of your own sinful nature. Not only do we have a world that is trying to pull us down, we have a sinful nature that tries to pull us down as well. Have you noticed that you have a sinful nature? I certainly have noticed that I do. There's something inside of me that oftentimes tries to pull me away from God and pull me away from the Word of God and pull me away from the will of God. It doesn't necessarily even require any influence of the world around me. It's just something that is inside of me, the old sinful nature. 
There's a connection with the world through the sin that lives inside of us. We have to pray our way through the sinful nature that tries to pull us from God and keep us from doing the right things in our life. We have to pray through those struggles, pray through the struggles of the flesh. We have to pray through those moments when our flesh is trying to pull us in a certain direction that is an anti-God direction. Paul speaks of this in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Listen to his words. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. That is, do something with your old self that puts it away. Put off. The actual phrase that's used there is to, to, to remove a garment, to get that garment of your old self out of the way, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm learning, continue to learn in my life, as I'm sure that many of you are as well, that for us to put off the old and to put on the new, you've got to spend some spirit, you have to spend some serious knee time. You've got to get on your knees before God and ask for his power and grace to say no to your own flesh and yes to the will of God. And then number three, pray your way above, above. Notice that above, bitterness, hatred, and retaliation. My goodness, do we live in a world where there's a lot of bitterness and a lot of hatred and a lot of retaliation. And when you and I give place to bitterness and when you and I give place to any kind of hatred, when you and I give place to retaliation that is striking back at someone who's hurt us, when we give a place to that, we're going below rather than going above. See, oftentimes you'll hear the phrase, when someone hurts someone, you might hear them say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sink to their level. I'm going to take the high road. What is that saying? It's saying I'm going to step to a different plane. I'm going to live above the retaliation, above the bitterness, above the hatred. And how much do you and I as Christians need to embrace that reality? God, I'm asking that you would help me to stay away from anything that embitters my soul or anything that generates any attitude of hatred toward another person or retaliation against anyone. That's not the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of love and forgiveness and grace. And I, I choose to live in the above. I want to take the high road. I don't want to sink to the level of the world. Notice Romans 12, 17 through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't live the low road. Live the high road. Do not be overcome by evil, but be overcome, overcome evil with good. Don't choose to live below. Choose to live above. And then number four, pray your way above Get above this in your life. Pray your way above dominating worry and fear. Certain things you have to pray your way through and certain things you pray your way above, from the below to the above. And one of those things is dominating worry and dominating fear. And they tend to combine with one another. They actually tend to go together. When you worry, you tend to become afraid. When you're afraid, you tend to worry. They're like first cousins. They're a little different because really worry is... 
Worry and fear are different in this regard. Worry is, is really thinking about a potential threat. Fear is being, a, a, being concerned about something that has a real potential of affecting your life in a negative way. So worry is more related to speculation. Fear is related to circumstances that are very real in your life. And so you worry when you're imagining what could happen and you're afraid when you see things on the horizon that are threatening to you. And so worry and fear go together. They actually cooperate and, re and, and, and collaborate with each other. And it's extremely important that you and I get above our worries and above our fears. And it is not easy. It is an ongoing battle in life because it's, it's something the adversary wants to throw your way. He traffics in anxiety. He traffics in fear. He wants to cause us to shrink back in those realms of life. Notice what Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Notice that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Notice, notice the phrase there, by prayer. By prayer and petition. So prayer is vital to this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For the Spirit God gave us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, would you hear this this weekend? The Spirit that God gave you. The spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. One translation of this, this verse renders it this way, for God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Pray your way above, pray your way above dominating worry and dominating fear. Pray to that point of trusting in God, putting your confidence in him. And then number five, and our final point in this section of this weekend's message is to pray your way above any attitudes of resignation and defeat. Oftentimes in life, resignation, and by the word resignation, I simply mean giving up. Giving up often comes out of a spirit of defeat. I just don't, I'll never win this battle. And Sometimes it's a battle with your health. It's a battle with an addiction you're, you're struggling with. It might be a battle with a relationship. But you get to the point where you say, you know what, I'm so tired, I just, I just quit. And the defeats add up over a period of time and they wear you down and they wear you out and get to the point of saying, you know what, it's just not worth it. And so you get to that place of giving up and giving up is an option. And fortunately, a lot of times people just come to that place in life of saying, I just give up. I'm not going to try anymore. And they yield in resignation to the defeats of life and they end up living a life that is very, not only medi mediocre, but, but a life that is actually far less than what God intended for them to live. But for you and I, when we come to those places of life, when we simply say, you know what, I want to quit, I want to give up, I just don't want any more of this, and you get to that point where you feel so defeated, God calls us to pray our way through those moments because there's something of a blessing on the other side. There's a man by the name of Job in the Bible, you know his name, right? Job went through all kind of difficulty and all kind of trouble in his life. You can read the book of Job, and I will tell you, it's a depressing book to read until you get to the last chapter. And when you come to the last chapter, something happened in Job's life. As Job endured, as Job persevered through all those various situations that he faced, he comes to the last chapter, and he begins to pray for other people. And the Bible says that when Job began to pray for other people, God turned his captivity. He turned things around, and, and Job began to receive double blessings for all the trouble he'd gone through in his life. 
And the book of James tells us about the one characteristic identified with Job. In the Bible, we know that certain people are identified by certain characteristics. Abraham is known for his faith, and Joseph in the Old Testament is known for his character, and Daniel in the Old Testament is known for his courage, and David is known for his worship. What is Job known for? Job is known for one primary thing. Job is known for his perseverance. I can assure you there were many times out of all the defeats that Job experienced in his life that he simply wanted to give up. He wanted to throw in the towel. He wanted to say, you know, it's all over with. But Job persevered. The Bible highlights the perseverance, the endurance of Job. And so because Job endured and he persevered, he got to the point in his life, as you get to the last chapter of Job, where God said, now you're ready for blessing, and God blessed him in ways he could never imagine. And I'm sure that Job was so thankful that he didn't resign, he didn't quit, he didn't let defeat rule his life, he never gave up. Listen to how the Apostle Paul records the spirit in our lives, this praying through, praying above, if you will, the resignation and defeat of life in Romans 8, beginning in verse 35. Great words. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Let's time out there for a moment. That's some pretty tough things, right? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. That's a lot of tough stuff. Then verse 36, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. Now he's talking about death. We are as sheep to be slaughtered. No, now notice this, verse 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Well, let's backtrack there for a moment, Paul. You just talked about going through trouble and hardship and persecution and famine and nakedness and danger. And then you talked about death and being like a sheep slaughtered. But you say that in all these things, you're more than a conqueror. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then he says in verse 38, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul says, I know something I've learned that as I go through the trouble and the hardships and the persecution, the famine, the nakedness, the danger, the sword, the feeling like death is always around me. I've learned that even though those things are present and make me want to quit and oftentimes cause me want to simply give up and just sort of give in and say it's over with, I'm defeated. He says, I know something. I'm more than a conqueror because I never, those things will never take me out of the realm of God's love. God's love will carry me through. The keep us is a very important prayer to pray. Keep us from, we talked about that last weekend. Keep us for, we talked about that. Keep us in. But this weekend, would you remember to pray to keep us through prayer? God, keep me through the valleys and the mountaintops and all those various things we talked about. And then to keep us above, Lord, I pray in my life that I would not let my life slip down into the below perspective, but Lord, help me to live in the above perspective because Lord, I want to be everything that you've called me to be and experience everything that you've called me to experience in my life. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, I thank you so much this weekend for the opportunity that we've had to, to focus upon your word and the importance of praying and the value of learning to pray to keep us through prayer. 
And Lord, I know that this weekend there are people who are watching who are going through some really tough things in life. And some are in a tough season of life. And I pray that they would not, they would not yield to the temptation to say, you know, I'm not going to make it through. But they would realize, Lord, that as they reach out to you in prayer, you're there to help them and to get them through whatever they're facing. Lord, there's some that are watching this weekend who have slipped to the below attitude. and they, They've lost the above perspective, the heavenly perspective. And I pray that in the name of Jesus and in this moment, you would come to them by the power of your Holy Spirit and lift their vision again. Lord, infuse them with a sense of, of making it through, of being an overcomer, of saying, I am going to survive this, not just survive, but I'm going to thrive on the other side of this. I pray against the spirit of resignation and the spirit of defeat. Lord, I pray that instead a spirit of victory would begin to rise in hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. Even now, Lord, I speak that word of victory rising in hearts. Lord, help us to pray these prayers to keep us through and keep us above. And thank you that these are prayers that you answer. That we see many places in the Bible where you answer time and time again when someone prays to keep us through and to keep us above prayer. Lord, you come on the scene and you answer and you respond. We know that you'll do it for us as well because God, you're not a respecter of persons. We thank you for this and the mighty and the glorious and the matchless name above every name, the wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus. I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.